We have a lot of nonsense to get to because fighting easier from outside the cage, though occasionally you still get punched. Doesn't matter where you're at. Speaking of, I have a question for Raph coming up later in the segment called, How do you commentate when someone gets punched in a non-punching match? We'll get to all of that, which means it's time for Verbal Tap. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Raph Esparza. Raph, back from the East Coast, are you feeling more attitudinal, just bloated from the great sandwich places? How you doing? Can I reveal something to you that I don't want you to yell at me about? If this, if you skipped some of the best finery eats on the East Coast, I'm going to yell. So don't be thinking I'll agree to anything like that. Well, then maybe we should just move on. Verbal Tap Legal is pressing. They're saying just nod so we can hear if he ate a fucking <laughs> cheesesteak. Kev, I did not. And here's why. I'm ending the podcast. Okay. And not just no, for tonight. For good. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> Kev. Here, here's where I have to beg forgiveness from both you and our, our fans. I got out there. And when you commentate these things, you work long hours, okay? I went to go check in at my Airbnb at 3 p.m. And the guy was very nice. And I said, hey, the reason I'm checking in right now is because I think this thing's going to go on for a long time. So I'm going to leave again. But I'm going to come back really late. And the guy, I, I always get a vaguely foreign individual who, super nice, but they don't always have articles that they remember in their speech. So it's usually a lot of like, yeah, oh, oh cool. Yeah, uh-huh. And I go, okay, well, we're friendly. This is awesome. So the event went so long. And I mean, in other cities, staying out till 1230, Kev, is not super bad. But in this particular juncture, my Airbnb host actually sent me a text being like, are you OK? Is, every, is everything OK? And I was like, dude, I pretty well explained I was going to be out late <laughs> and I have the code. I'm not going to wake you up. I'm not going to do anything bad. And I know you're being very nice, but that should have been the tip off. Because when we were done at about 1 a.m. and it took, you know, it takes me about 25 minutes to drive back to the Airbnb, I looked for food, Kevin, and there was nothing open. And I mean nothing. And I barely made it to a Taco Bell. And that was my Philadelphia food. Oh, man. Tough day for the community. Look, I, do, I will give you a pass on this. You were about to be on camera, so the time to figure it out wasn't right before the event. You had no. things to do, some pre-energy nerves. Totally get that. The fact that you didn't have a plan is what really bums me out. Oh, so don't I'm you not prepared to no say plan. that you're off the hook because I guess you were busy, and I'm air quotationing so everyone knows, prepping for the gig, which was awesome, by the way. Really enjoyed you and Gordon on the mic. We'll talk okay. about that very, very soon. The audacity to then find a Taco Bell and settle. That said, I'm not angry that much at your choice. And I think that speaks to Taco Bell. Not a sponsor of this segment, by the way. Not a sponsor yet, but we're working on it. If they're going to hear this story, it's going like, to do with the show. Fuck Philadelphia. <laughs> Here you go. But, like, think about how far I traveled just to have Taco Bell. In my car at 140 at night and then say to myself, 
well, Raph, don't attack this Taco Bell too hard because you want to get up at nine in the morning and train and you don't want to be that training partner. So I had to order as safe of menu items as I can, which, by the way, kind of like walking through a minefield sometimes. Kind of. But I did it. Yeah. Yeah. And I did it, Kev, and I made it happen. But the same thing happened in Boston. But this one's a little different because I arrived via Red Eye in the morning, 6 a.m. Guess who also happened to be there? Gordon Ryan? Well, no. It's me. Oh, Keith. Lovely. How's mm-hmm. Mr. Krikorian? Well, he was okay. He was he was sleepy. Um, you know, he had told me that on his way to coming down to meet me, he had taken a nap for about 30 minutes. And we decided we needed some food. And Keith was like, Well, let's go to let's go to Dunkin' Donuts. And he was all jazzed about it. And then he had something that he did not enjoy. The impossible sausage. And then he no, you know what he got? Those little kind of like um, quesadilla kind of things. Oh, it's with just the folded egg whites? It's egg. effing terrible. Yes. The $1.99 thing. Yeah, it tastes like clean, yes. Keith, but it's $1.99. It's not for tasting. <laughs> but the thing that made me laugh about it was he ate it, told me it was terrible, and then just goes, have some, which I think is the worst combination of sell and also encouragement to eat it because as he, I'm looking at it, I go, I'm okay. And Keith, some time goes by and he goes, oh, so you're not going to eat it? And I was like, not after your glowing review of it. You are not missing Keith, out. It tastes like they dipped it in pool yeah. cleaner. And I just assume that's the egg. Well, then Keith did make me have it because he was trying to guilt me into it because he was just like, no, it's cool if I throw it out. I mean, that's fine. I was like, Keith, dude, I'll have a bite. But this is really a, a terrible sell. And I take a bite. I'm like, actually, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be because in my head, I did what you did, Kevin, which is you know it's terrible in your head because it's a $1.99. Mm-hmm. And you just bank on the fact that it's probably going to taste super bad. And then when it's like just regular bad, you go, oh. Not everybody's yeah, okay. lived life on the road with a traveling speech community, Raph. We're incredibly poor and traveling to some pretty <laughs> sparse parts of the world. We've eaten it all. We are a fast food smorgasbord of information. This was before you could get 17 pounds of food at Applebee's for $8. Different era. Just laying it out for the people. But now people are going to be on my side because Keith is the one that's all about hating on candy corn. Yet, Mr. Dipshit has Mm. a bad idea about how to order. Oh, that's right. I mean, I felt too aggressive. The worst part is I told him, I was like, you know, Keith was, because I looked at him and I said, you know, you got to eat well because you're competing today. So why don't you go back there and order something else? And Keith's like, oh, I couldn't do that. And I go, yeah, you can't. You just get back in line and order something else. So anyway, that was my one thing. And then I had a sandwich at a cafe that was okay there that I enjoyed, but Dunkin' on the was East it. Coast. It, was yeah, it wasn't Boston, but I get it. Again. I mean, it was Beverly, which, by the way, is amazing to tell people. Because you, you go to see the quaint parts of Massachusetts. And then you get reacquainted to, all oh, right, this is what you look like. It's been a while. Yeah. It's, uh, I miss it. It's been too long since I've been on the East Coast, clearly. And I won't uh, cop out and... 
just eat some Taco Bell. It's the angriest I've okay, been at you. Okay, shut. Oh, shut up. Physically, don't, it's the angriest. You know what? I man, I wish you I could. You and I have gotten into real you. arguments that haven't upset me like this. <laughs> <laughs> but I really wish I could transport you to the psyche I'm in, eating Taco Bell by myself in an empty fucking parking lot. And then I want you to judge that human being who's just trying to survive because he's starving, Kevin. Well, I'm going to transition you to the next subject, which is the tour of the East Coast. But I want to jab one nonsense story in here first. Please do. It's that Tyron Woodley's reporting news. Kidding. The news that he's reporting is what upsets my sensibilities with fight integrity slash I'm all for. And that's Logan Paul, I guess, beat someone up that was a, oh man, this is me being like, Kevin, damn it, how can you forget who he fought? Doesn't matter, he won, but it was apparently a terrible fight, as reported Mm. by everyone that saw it. Now there's a report the UFC might sign Logan Paul. Raph, how close is... I don't know, Dennis Rodman from getting a contract for just throwing out names. Hey, you know, Dennis Rodman brought peace to North Korea. So Demetrius Johnson was cut from this roster. He was traded to what? But they're like, we got to lock down the YouTube asshole community. This ought to do it, right? Man, how much are they hurting for that YouTube share audience that they're like, we'll let you come on. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe let Logan Park fight, but only cap him at fight pass just so that it's worth something again. And mind you, I did use air quotes as I said that last time. You also called him Logan Park, which I love. I think we should just fuck his name up constantly. Uh, Fuck, that's fair. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Can someone tell Logan Stanley? not to know who this kid is. You've done a very good job. This is not your fault, and I thought it was a really good power (laughs) move by you, because you don't normally do that. (laughs) People are like, you did just fly across the country in a matter of days. Let's be real. His name is fucking backwards, if we're just being honest <laughs> it was paul logan it's probably it's like william paul logan anyway i complete name. go on i i think baseball should do this too because to me number one how about this espn plus and the ufc why don't you just make it so i don't have to activate my fucking account every time i want to watch a fight card That's on my fair. fire stick you can't watch it on your uh, TV. It's completely impossible. I know. Just use your laptop. There's no other way ESPN's going to make you change your password 37 times, and you're going to forget what it is on out 38. Oh, ESPN Plus. You've so, done that. Let's do this. It made me freak out and think, like, did I pay it? Like, that's how weird it got when I go, why did you sign me out? It also I'm keeps not deleting. Person. The app just keeps disappearing. It just keeps mm-hmm. leaving. It's like, wait, why do I have to download the ESPN app? I don't have to do this with Netflix. I don't have to do this with Hulu. I don't have to do this with the Playboy channel. That one was a joke. I do not subscribe to the Playboy channel. The internet exists. <laughs> but this is it. To add Logan Paul, they, people are not going to want to do that. People are not going to want to do this ESPN plus BS just to watch Logan Paul get beat up. I do think baseball should consider this to appeal to the younger generation. Let Bieber throw a ninth inning and like for the blue jays when they're 10 games away from the season being over and it doesn't matter you know there's the food network does this they just bring in a cast member of the brady bunch to host a show voila ratings fixed baseball could do it i don't think football should do it they're doing fine and basketball doesn't need it but baseball is the one right yep cool 
The Dodgers, know, the it, Dodgers it, it, featuring, uh, for some reason, they have Nick Offerman playing right field tonight. That's great. Tonight, um, I'll be starting with an oversized pitch. It will go gently over the home plate, at which point I will steal some of the bases. I twenty bucks. He's a low key okay baseball player. I guess I don't know that. But. Dude, dude, my favorite Parks and Rec story is that the writers would just put shit in a bowl and see if he's done it. Like they'd invent it in their head, and Offerman would look and go, "Well, yes, I actually, um, I did rhythmic gymnastics for a short while. wasn't great at it, but could get by." When you learn to burn like, to God the beat, damn it. you just do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kev, you, okay, we're dancing around a few topics, but I feel like you should just hit me in the face with one. I'm ready to. How do you call I'm, a fight that's in a grappling community, Raph, and one of the grapplers straight up right hooks his opponent? And I would like yeah. to add some layers of complexity. If that Please fighter don't. could also have a history of erratic violence would be a, a very polite way of describing what he's accused of. Assaulting, sure. assaulting a woman that I well, believe he was married to. I don't know. Allegedly. Allegedly. We, Didn't he serve we've time also, for it? Or am I still no, no, he did not. Oh, my bad. Um, okay, I thought this was like best of my knowledge. To the best of my knowledge, I believe the charges might have been dropped. Um, okay. I believe that there is, so it's important to always add the word alleged in any story. Um, but I think it's more important to note that people have a lot of interpretations about Tex Johnson that they then ascribe into the action that happened. So maybe we start by addressing exactly what it was, which was the action. So Kevin, you tell me what you saw on television or the internet where you saw it. Well, I loved your response and your quick, and you can see this all in Flow Grappling, um, talking of the audience. Because the one thing greater than a grappler getting hit is you're like, I don't like hecklers. <laughs> and so he, Tex is fighting, <laughs> um, what's the young one's name? The brother. It's uh, William Tackett. He was fighting William Tackett out of checkmat. Really interesting in terms of a matchup style. And then all of a sudden just right hooks him to the face. Closed fist. So not one of the things that Wagner Roca does where he mm -hmm. open palm pushes the face away. It's just a full on shot to the jaw. That's what happened. The referee stops the fight, looks bewildered at the crowd. Like, does anybody know what you do in this type of situation? You and Gordon kind of address it, and Gordon's like, DQ. You explained, yes. and he hit him in the face. <laughs> it's like, um, yes, he did. What did you, I guess I didn't see, did he, did they DQ this fight? No. Okay, so two things. One, apologies to Tex if I'm misrepresenting his legal career. I uh, had verbal tap legals just so upset when I do this. I had thought he had already been to jail, so that would be why I'm misconstruing him with someone well, else. Well, hey, listen, I can't prove he hasn't in well, every situation. At least it is until proven guilty, opinion. even I'm letting yeah. the court of public opinion shape it, not the court. So I need to be careful with that. Everyone should be. But this one, I, I watched him punch someone. So you and... Gordon were like, it's DQ. Because after Gordon's like, he's going to get DQ. This fight's over. You were like, yeah, you'd expect. But you could you could see that the referee 
didn't know what to do. Simply didn't. So, you know when you're a kid and the adults leave or they're kind of within like eye distance and they tell you, you know, hey, if anything's wrong, just raise your hand and we'll come over and we'll help you. The hand reaction from the referee was just that. It was amazing. Mom, dad. <laughs> Could someone get the principal? There's a problem. <laughs> so I don't think anybody expected that to be an issue. Um, Tex included. Here's what kind of looked like. Yeah. Like he had this yeah. look on his face like, did I just punch this kid? But didn't apologize either. Like, no, no, no. I was just uh, keeping him away. Right. Right. And then you can see it slowly dawning on Tex that he might have just punched him. Now, lucky for him, it wasn't such an aggressive punch that it knocked him out. It did piss him off, for sure. Definitely pissed well, off Tackett. Will did what any of us would do in that situation, or most of us, I think, where you just kind of look around like, did you just hit me? Like, <laughs> had a, a version of turning his head all around, like, kind of like a comedian being like, what? What? Like Wait. it took so, him a second to to recognize because you know he's grappling so he's focused on mm-hmm. on some other things and one of them not being worried about getting in the face. But you could tell it took him a second. He was like, "Did I just get closed fisted, hook shotted to the face?" He seemed to know something happened, but it was just one of those like, "Wait, that wasn't normal," and he just backed up, which I wouldn't have fought Tex in the first place. But that's for yes. athletic and talent reasons. Not necessarily. To also be fair, though, Kev, he definitely, and I, I didn't tell Will this, I wouldn't but have if he's listening. Either, to be fair. Yeah, no, no, not at all. I'm heavily trying to avoid it, even though he's the nicest guy and is always like, yeah, yeah Raph, let's, let, like, let's train. Nope. How nice is he that he didn't <laughs> respond in kind? Like, what if that had been Paul Harris? Just think about that for a second. This is could have oh, gone bad. Actually, that would be fun. Hold on, let's let's Just stay on that. Want to put one. that suggestion wow. in the box? <laughs> yeah, Rev's gonna call the. He's gonna call Jay. World Jujitsu Festival Two. Text. What you got, man? Versus <laughs> Paul Harris slaps encouraged, um, punches discouraged, not <laughs> completely disallowed. <laughs> okay, so the referee lifts his hand. Tackett is kind of confused. Tex seems to be holding the he kicked me stance. Gordon immediately chimes in and says, oh, that should be an immediate discue, which he's not wrong. So, <laughs> you no, know, he isn't. It's a jujitsu match. If it had been combat jujitsu, he might have gotten disqualified. He for, he yeah. sh- for sure should have gotten DQ. The match. So the, I kept looking at his arms, waiting for the Keenan treatment at IBJJF, and it never came. So the thing that made it weird on the microphone was I was trying to signal to the audience, you know, it doesn't matter what Gordon and I think. We only saw the one angle from the upstairs balcony or the Muppet seats, as I like to say. And as we viewed it, it was pretty clear. Like I was not confusing what I saw. I just said, man, I'd really like to see that footage again because I'd like to know, did he get kicked? Like what happened exactly to try and come up with some explanation because you knew that was going to weigh in 
on what the organizers were going to have to deal with. And that means Michael Zynga, and that also means Bernardo Faria. And you can't have a nicer person than Bernardo. And I just thought in my head, okay, well, it doesn't matter what we think. We have to see what they're going to respond with. So we're all on hold. Meanwhile, Gordon's just like, it's a DQ. It's a DQ. And I was like, to us, but we're not in charge. So as the referee holds it up, there's like a short conference. <laughs> Texas pleading his case. Tackett's just like, holy shit. Like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> so it's chaos he added, everywhere. He did. I wish someone would have just handed him a joint. The kid looked like he needed one. <laughs> I don't know if he smokes weed. I don't know if he's old enough. He just looked like somebody deserved, like, give him a drink or something. Like, he just got hit in the face. So mass confusion by everybody. And it's our job to try and give you the information that we can. So all I could do was kind of hold for a second and look to see what Zynga and Bernardo were going to tell the referee. And they ultimately decided to let it go. Now, this is where things get a little heady because the immediate response is you didn't come down hard enough on text. And while I do agree with that sentiment, knowing William like I do – I know that he wouldn't feel good being advanced by that shitty of a reason. So I understand why it was a little unfortunate for everybody involved. Uh, well, Tex ends up winning in overtime. It also but, might have been the most exciting moment of the entire tournament. I'll let you chime in with oh, some more, but it did have some appeal. Just vir- uh, marketing-wise, given that, you know, it, this would be different if this was like the NFL and someone had pulled out a helmet and hit tag it. But, you know, he looked fine. <laughs> he was Thanks, able to man. grapple I'm quite effectively really afterwards. Kev's in charge of the flow grappling social media on the side and going, mm, good. They mm, have a clip of it on the website. Just it. It's available already. They didn't need my coaching. <laughs> I know. I know. And there is an article written by Hal Teague. That does say this is unacceptable. And I do understand that sentiment. And I don't think I disagree too much. The only thing I'm trying to do is paint the perspectives I saw in front of me that night. Now, the thing that did happen as a result of it was Will got to be a a bit of a hero because after he got slapped or punched and they restarted the match, he went into straight, straight mount. Straight mount, and and not like a, not in a craftful way, but in the the way he could do to any blue belt at any time if he so chose way, that way, like just forcefully. And you know, we had people being like, "Oh, it's you know, Tex just letting him do this as a penance for doing that." <laughs> like you don't know. Blah, blah. <laughs> that doesn't sound like Tex, but maybe. Well, you know, it's not really the greatest strategy in the world. Because uh, Tackett was also able to take his back. So, yeah, technically Tackett lost that. Um, But he became so over to that crowd so that when I saw him at the end of the night – and this is the thing that I don't think people know. So at the end of the night, there's kind of like a party – not a party party, but people just go downstairs to congregate. There's some extra food and the fighters are all kind of palling around and – having fun and you know we're all chatting with each other and i'm scarfing on like the half bits of pizza that i can stow away and you know william's checking in with me and i'm just like dude i'm good how are you man and he just goes well better luck next time you know and i go what the fuck are you talking about you were amazing out there dude i was like dude you crushed it you 
you're so over right now. And of course, because he's thinking like a competitor, he's just kind of like, I know, but I didn't win kind of mentality. And guess who he's standing right next to? Him and Tex. They're essentially having dinner together after this point. So the two of them have no hard feelings toward one another. Tex ended up doing a, a video before this, I think, on Flow Grappling explaining his actions. And to his credit, I just went up to the two of them and I said, listen, there isn't much I could do on air. But Tex, like, come on, bro. You know, like, hey, man, I don't want to give you any more shit than I'm supposed to because there's not much more I can do. And I look over at Will and I'm like, are you OK? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine, man. And I was like, all right, well, the two of you seem to be OK. So it's kind of hard to be madder than the person it happened to, except for this sure. sense, which is because there was not a great action taken by the organizer on that one Zero action, immediately for just being specific, then it seems like more athletes could get away with this in the future. But here's the good news. And this is where you have to credit uh, Zynga and Bernardo. And again, I say this as a person who was employed by them for one day for this fight. If you know anything about Zynga and anything about Bernardo is that they are nice human beings who really, they understand it was not their shining moment. And they actually took full credit for it. And that's not something you see organizers do in an age where they all just kind of push off responsibility. Zynga actually wrote a response and basically owned up to it and said, hey guys, this is, this is Zynga. I just want to kind of tell you my thoughts and totally take responsibility for not doing enough on it. And he explained his perspective and well, it's kind of the I referee's totally call, just not to be, isn't it? Well, I uh, again, I guess as an owner, but, I wouldn't expect you to come out and be like, no, I wouldn't expect you to override your guy because it's not. I mean, again, I use some pretty colorful language, but this is not like what we saw on Thursday night between the Browns and the Steelers. It was a pretty yes. quick. It wasn't a followed through with jab to the face. It was just a quick pop to the face just to check. Just a little, yeah. poop, got him. Not a Boop. full on <laughs> wind up. Um, well, okay. Uppercut. Let me let me read you the statement. It's like a UFC uh, Zynga, quick, quick square button. Yes, uh, Zynga posted this inside the BJJ Fanatics group, and he said, "I can say number one, the blame falls on me for not properly preparing the ref for what to do if someone had punched someone in the head." Well, I, how many more people are going to have that conversation now? It's going to get a lot easier. Well, the one thing that is weird about this, and I'll, I'll continue on in a second, is that there was a rules meeting and the two most vocal people during it were Tex and Gordon, who were clarifying some of the EBI rules that even I was like, what? Did that change again? And Gordon's like, I've never competed at an EBI that didn't have the same rules as the previous one. And I was like, yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, I've been to a lot of the rules meetings and I've always been like, whatever rules you guys are going with this time, just let me know. No big deal. Um, but then Zynga presses on. He says, next time, that's a DQ. That's simple. Bernardo and I looked away for just a second to talk to each other, and we didn't see the actual incident. When we got to the stage right after it happened, I asked William if he was okay. Being the warrior that he is, he said he was. Bernardo and I then assured Tex that anything even close to the line was going to be called a DQ, and he said okay. That is true. 
William was clearly okay to continue and fought well the rest of the way. I talked to William about it last night, and he said he's glad he got a chance to keep going. He laughed about it. Great kid. He's shooting a video with us today. I can't answer for him about what happened. It's clearly more of a reflex than a pre-planned tactic. But damn, you can't do that. Initially, he seemed confused about what he had even done. Had he tried to justify it or had I seen he had clearly been doing something like that, he would have been DQ'd. Next time the ref would DQ him, that's for sure. So a couple little learning lessons here. I kind of just want to be internet mad at this, not real mad at this, but go on. Well, the one thing I said was, because I had people sending me angles on it all night. Really? I had people, yeah, while it was going on. See, I waited a full 48 hours. I saw it. I was just like, yeah, it'll be fun. I want to (laughs) razz-raff about how he announces it. I didn't mind trying to walk people through it the hard part is what they're really asking for is my opinion and on air i feel it's more important to convey the the actual vibe you know of what it is you're seeing well you're not doing a podcast i mean there's some moments you'll interview gordon to give it some some panache but i thought gordon spoke pretty clearly pretty quickly about I mean, if Gordon had been repping that match, he would have DQ'd him. But Gordon has a lot more perspective in terms of not many people know within a fifth of an inch what's acceptable and what's not. Now, that said, I also think Tackett and Tackett's corner, if they had been like, kick this motherfucker out, they would have kicked him out. That's not how they look. Yeah. They just kind of, there was some booing, there was some anger, but it wasn't exactly. I guess I wouldn't have thought that anyone should have intervened. I thought the only one that should have had a pretty clear angle on it was the ref. Oh, God, my, uh, I, I can't remember. Takeaway. And I would have DQ'd him if I had seen it. Now, that's if I had seen it. Live is really difficult to see sometimes, especially in a long-ass grappling night. Well, I thought two things. I want thought that, you know, maybe you need to play it up like a pro wrestling referee and really get in their face and be like, don't you do oh, that, that again, awesome. or I swear to <laughs> Any, God. Anything would have been better than pure deer cotton headlight fear. It, well, okay. After all that happens <laughs> and you kind of calm down from it and people are sending you these videos and I, I had talked to both Tex and William and they seemed just fine. And I thought at one point I was like, should I do a video of the two of them together? And then I realized I was like, there's not much more to say. Like, what are we going to do? They like, shook hands. You know, I mean, they, they weren't well, like pushing each other. Still, it wasn't bitter. All I could think of was I was like, if I got a video of them and been like, hey, guess what, guys? They were in on it together. Booyah, y'all got punked. Um, well, you know, like, that's not what I was wanting to do. I bet a lot of people saw the clip of the punch before the fight. If you saw the fight before the punch, I think it helps your perspective. Yeah. Or, so, anyway. Live, live, there wasn't reaction. <laughs> there was people being like, hey, can't do that. It's like, oh, shit, he can't. <laughs> He's not allowed to punch him. But I like the fact that Zynga actually owned up to it and being like, well, you know, I didn't properly go over punching in the rules meeting. And it's like, <laughs> did you need you? to? Have you seen that before? I mean, we've seen Wagner Roker cross the line. We've seen other yeah. fighters slap the shit out of each other in a non-slap match. It happens. It really, I mean, especially the push away and watch enough purple belt at IBJJF. You'll see some hits. I don't um, know if the- this one was... I've never seen a punch like this amongst top level grapplers. And these, these two are top level. 
I I guess it's been a while. And weird because it is the absolute. Can so you it's... name one? Can you name one other closed fist to the jaw punch? Mm, hold on. I can. Uh, the issue that I had, though, was on air. Is we finished the segment. Well, could you see it pretty clearly? Or it seemed like you yeah. two did. I don't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We both. I, I mean, Gordon and I were pretty absolute as to being like, yep, that's a punch. And I don't remember if it was this match or another you, one, but when the audience like was starting it. to chime in, which makes two of the three of you in the cast. Yes. <laughs> but when they went to the referee, it looked like for a split second when he put his hand up, like they were going to gladiator it because the audience was turning on text. So it looked like they were going to go ah, ah, up, down, what? Oh my <laughs> so, God, I'm in. By the way, if that's how they should decide it, F that automatic <laughs> DQ. Can we do crowd vote? Oh my absolutely. God, I'm in. I want to do crowd vote stuff in jujitsu. Yeah. But Kev, that was the absurdity of the event that I saw in that one particular thing. Everything else went off without a hitch, and it was fine. Um, well, I didn't see anyway. one-minute clips of that on Flow Grappling, Rav. I, I only saw the slap in the one-minute highlight. I know. Film. I had I know. to full-on filter to get the full event replay. I'm not bitter. You know, here's the good news. I've already optioned the story so that we can make a lifetime movie about it, Kev. Our serial so, podcast, we keep looking for new candidates. God, how yep. boring would a five-part podcast about the punch be? That would be oh, boring. I would love it because then you just do the multiple We'll be talking uh, to a punch expert today about angles, <laughs> intention. That'd be good. So anyway, it was fun to watch that happen. Other than that. Talk about the rest uh, of the fights. How I mean, yes. what was your impression of the tournament? I feel effing. I watched Quinn won, right? Uh, O'Quinn, Coin. No, that was the super fight. Who won the tourney? The tournament was won by one Kyle Bain. Oh no, no. Okay, I did see that. Kyle Bain. That's right. Okay. Um, because at one point you were like, he, when he was asked, he said he would fight you, Gordon. Gordon's like, I would kill him. <laughs> there was a few people like that. It was awesome. Like, well, the, they were the asked, part Gordon, like, they were, there wasn't an option. They were like, would you fight him or not? They were like, would you fight him? They said, yeah. He, they know I'd murder them. <laughs> you could just hear it all the time. That's why I loved him. I thought he was great with you. I thought you I, two really rocked, honestly. But. I thought it was important to denote the difference between uh, what is sometimes clickbait and what is sometimes the actual Yeah, headline. you cared about it. Gordon did not. Gordon will mu murder anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I well, love because the dumb part was I just was asking him a question that they were proposing and I said, all right, now let me make sure you understand that the interviewer, uh, Joe, Joe Gilpin was asking to clarify and said, does that include Gordon? Joe and if Gilpin you're Kyle, you're like, of course it does. Like I would totally like I have the best escape form of all time, blah, 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 kind of an answer. And he, of course he's going to say yes. And then, of course, when I go to Gordon, I'm going to be like, would you beat him? And Gordon's like, I've already beat him like a billion times in my head and blah, blah, blah. And he's going to go Gordon on it, awesome. which fine. But then I had to make sure that I was honest in saying, OK, well, just to be clear, he didn't specifically call you out. But when asked about you, he did say that. And Gordon's just kind of like, yeah, don't care. Still would crush him. And I'm the best of all time. So I everyone wish, wins. I kind of wish you had gone the other way. And seen mm. how far you could push Gordon because at times it felt like he forgot there was a fight going on. I was like, no, I'd kill him. 
I, I would definitely, and I think you should furthermore be like, you know, Joe Gilpin was the one that was doing all this. <laughs> I thought about that one. He was the I one thought... trying to bait them into talking shit on you. He just seemed really sarcastic about you, you know? But that's a Yamasaki guy. The sweet mustache is the man who is responsible for this, Gordon. Get him. Uh, no, I mean, it definitely was worth talking about, but... The hard part is when you have these moments when you have to kill certain amounts of space before you get to the big events or the big things and they're like resetting up to do overtime. You look at it and you go, okay, well, we've got like 30 seconds to kill. Why don't I bring this his way? Uh, But I will say another really important thing is, Kev, um, I did check a couple of the headlines over on uh, Reddit and it is fun to read how many nut huggers Gordon has who did not enjoy me? What? They didn't oh, there's enjoy a handful. You? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Why? My favorite was, oh, I, I mean, one guy, this is my favorite form of criticism, and I wanted to bring it to your attention because it's just, it makes me laugh. But they said, the other commentator really just loves the sound of his own voice. I was like, I, I do. Oh, I do. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be like, yeah. I was just like, well, I'm going to burden these people with my voice today. I've been listening to <gasps> it a lot in what they call the monitors or sometimes <laughs> called the cans. It's up to you if you want to be radio or not. But we listen to our voices quite a bit. That was my favorite one. The second one was that uh, one of the guys called me insufferable. And. You know, Kev, sometimes <laughs> <laughs> I can't put the thumb up in gladiator style like I'd like to because this is an audio podcast, but second it. But the reason why is I was looking at it and I guess he just didn't vibe with what I was doing and that's fine. But I love that he's so on J- Gordon's jock that's like, I wish they would mic him so that I could hear his every word when he's coaching, uh, even when he's not commentating. And it's like, yo, bro, you're coming on a little strong here. No, so, I heard enough. I was all set. I got a lot of Gordon. You you know what I mean, bro? Like, if you, if you really want to be on him that way, um, I'm going to need you to fill out this form, which requires you to be away from Gordon at 300 feet at all times. Not saying you're a stalker. I'm just saying, you know, there's a lot of selfies that you take with some of these celebrities. So Actually, I, I want to go back to Tackett, and I also want to go back to when uh, Lucas Barbosa was in his super fight. I want to talk about those go. two fights and why I actually enjoyed you and Gordon as a pair. You mm. kept asking him what the difference was in certain moves. Now, these were mm. no-gi fights. This was not a complicated grip fight. It was no. very. It was maybe tops seven positions used all night because that's grappling. It just Let's not overcomplicate it, right? We're not talking about a submission every time, something new. We have all seen grappling, and grappling has evolved to a sport where we're not surprised by techniques anymore. It just isn't going to happen, especially no-gi. You've seen everything. You know what the positions are. I enjoyed that you were calling out. You know, he's attacking that half guard, and he keeps trying to duck, and you were like, Tex kind of keeps trying to duck under Tackett. How's Tackett maintaining control here? And Gordon would say what he was doing, and then you'd be like, is that what you would do? What's your – you guided him towards some things that – because of who Gordon is, it would be like if you had Galvon sitting there or you had Shanji or, you know, Lovato, just to name a few people – you're asking, hey, what would be the baseline for how you would advise them to try and get past this when we're stalled? And we were stalled a lot. 
So I mm-hmm. actually enjoyed the idea of trying to get some of Gordon's introspect and you pushing him with some questions, um, especially during moments where it's like, I don't need to hear that Barbosa's in his half guard. I mean, I kind of get yeah. that. It's an open half guard. What I don't understand is how he's not simply passing it. Right. If I open my legs like that, he would be in my whole side control. So Gordon is able to explain some things that I don't think you and I are, which is what does it take to maintain that bottom control right there? And that's what I was getting out of the broadcast that I particularly really enjoyed. Oh, yeah. And here's the thing, dude. I was having a blast. So this was not an issue. You asked him every question and you know what he did? Answered honestly. He kept saying, you know, Tackett's good because his fundamentals are extremely good. He never gets off his line. He always stays low. He kept talking about just basic principles that it's like, shit, okay. Uh, Hold on. Let me write these down fast and furiously. (laughs) Stay on my line. Stay low. And I guess I'll be like Tackett in the attack. He just called out some things, and you were prompting. He didn't go into the part where he was like, he's now got his wrist. It's like, yeah, I don't fucking care if Gordon notices he has his wrist. What I care about is how if Gordon could meta explain how to stay in someone's open half guard without, you know, getting submitted seconds after. I mean, the thing that just always makes me laugh is when we get around to Reddit and you look over and you go, oh, well, I hope they enjoyed the. Oh, well, 10 of you guys did not enjoy me. Okay. You can go fuck off somewhere. That's fine. Uh, but the one response I did think, <clears throat> if I thought this guy had a smidge of actual humor, is that I was going to put, yeah, like, fuck that guy. He's the worst. I hate him, too. But the problem with that is I'm like, nah, I don't think he's got a good sense of humor. Because clearly, I'm having a blast. Gordon's having a blast. The event's fun. And even when the event's having lulls, I think we were still uh, doing good commentary. And I don't know, man, you know, it's doing these events is a, a blast, but it's a great reminder when you go to Reddit and you see like we literally put up save kittens this week. Verbal tab decides to save. How did we already get downvoted? Like, y'all, do we, we all downvoted? get behind kittens? Well, all right. Well, all right. Well, I guess you guys don't like kittens, so. Go fuck yourselves. Um, but it's an interesting look into the cult of personality that comes along with the Gordon Ryan train because it's really fascinating to see how on his nuts they can be. And that part of the niceness of when I'm going to Gordon and I'm asking him, hey, can we do this on the broadcast? And I want to try and lean this and this and this. I can give a shit how famous he is. And I think that's an important distinction uh, that you will see between most good commentators and good talent is that there's a respect to try and keep it as much as we can to the action on the mats. And I will tell you that is very difficult, especially as we get longer in the tooth on events. So that was day one of two back to back. And I did enjoy the fights. You guys can hear my new mutt. If you're yeah, by yeah, the yeah. way, that's Bosworth King Phillips. I just want to give some – he came from the pound. Boz. Hey, Boz. There we go. He's a very big lab mix, Raph, because we live in Denver. <laughs> he's, he's lab bulldog mix. Boz. So, William Tackett is very good. He's extremely yep. good. 
I enjoyed the Barbosa fight. Texas, I mean, I did have myself being like, I, I was obviously rooting against him because I wasn't even thinking about his record. And I just was like, damn, he's pretty good at this. Some really exciting fights. Krikorian never well, disappoints. That guy does no. nothing but bring the noise. I just, I enjoyed the fights as a whole. I enjoyed the event, and I thought the broadcast slash production pretty top-notch. And let's give some credit over to, I want to say, uh, Jason Rao had some good matches. Barbosa was fun. Uh, respect to our buddy John Combs. Um, you know, uh, Joe Bays had a couple of good moments. Uh, Jessa Ray was in there, and he was super spectacular as well. Um, we got a note, and I want to make sure I'm quoting this right. <laughs> so we had some people asking us. They said, will we get to the following topics in the next podcast? Text punch. Where did Jessa Ray come from? And Gordon opponent talk, those who pulled out and those coming in. Which, by the way, phrasing. <laughs> so there you go. Um, we talked about text to ad nauseum, so we're good there. Jessa Ray is an amazing competitor who he's won the Ultimate Matt Warriors. He's a consistently spectacular individual ADCC competitor, um, all around super nice guy savage love watching him compete and uh got a very quick uh couple of uh, submissions uh, i believe at least one for sure i know that one he hit that i was like oh shit we're already in the fucking thing like i i'm not even sure if the broadcast made it for that one because we we didn't even have, have enough time to set up as it was coming on live and he uh, ended up i think getting a I want to say a knee bar, but it could be a heel hook. So my apologies. Um, but yeah, those are just some names that I can think of that um, deserved a little bit of, of respect on their name. So um, where were yeah. you off to next? Well, after the event and the pizza and driving Keith to get a frosty. Nice. He earned it. <laughs> that kid's good. To be fair, I ended up getting one myself. Um, I already knew. I already well, knew <laughs> normally I don't. So, you know, let's cool that. I went to sleep, woke up, went to the airport, took a flight to Philly, drove to Allentown, and uh, got myself an Airbnb and then drove on over to the Finishers MMA tournament. Now, here's the thing. This is the Finishers sub-only tournament. It's their 10th iteration, but they are having their third open tournament. Now, I believe some of these folks were fighting for an opportunity to make it on a future card. I think at least one won that opportunity. I could be entirely wrong in making it up. Who knows? But they had an open tournament for individuals earlier in the day, so they had a whole bunch of people. So that means that some of the competitors who were there had people who were competing from their teams that they were coaching earlier in the day. So here I come, Mr. Hollywood, showing up at a leisurely 6 p.m. and going, how's everybody doing? <laughs> you guys looking good? And I don't know how long they've especially been there, but I start to get the vibe, oh, talk less, Raph. Yeah, let's let everybody come down a little. And then, uh, yeah, so we started getting to work, and that was the finisher sub only. So there was a whole bunch of uh, super fights, and there were two brackets. I believe a 115 bracket, maybe 105. I'm going to butcher that one. My apologies. And then a 185 men's, so uh, the female and men's brackets. And the female was won by one, Grace Gundrum, who's been away for a little bit. Uh, has been working on her wrestling, and Kev just... 
you know, I got to say, it was an honor to call one of her or a couple of her grappling matches because she's a badass, and you're telling me she's been working on her wrestling. That upsets yep. me because she's a 10 peer, she's a 10 yep. planeter. So I was kind of hoping she doesn't have to. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. All right. <laughs> and then, as an added bonus at the end of the day, they gave her her brown belt. And I just thought, we didn't need to do all that. Like, at this point, let's just give her a black belt. You know? Like, why are we even kidding ourselves? Um, but amazing performance by Grace. Um, I, there's not much more to say other than watching her work is something to behold. And to commentate it, it feels so easy because you have so much time to talk through the transitions because there's not a ton of movement, but it's all the most economic and precise movement. So I was very, very pleased uh, to be able to get to see that. Now, Kev, on the other side, you know Amanda Levy? <clears throat> you yes. familiar with her? Okay. Did you know that there's a younger Levy? There's a second one? Mm-hmm. There's a kid built like a brick. This young man, I think he's all of 18 or something. Again, correct me if I'm wrong, but young kid. Tree trunk legs. Looks very difficult to heel hook. Is training with some of the top people in the world. Why? This dude took second. And it was like watching someone come into their own and saying, all right, everybody, keep an eye on this kid because he had an amazing like he beat Stanley Rosa, I believe, in overtime. And that was no small task. Then you look at somebody like, damn, dude, uh, you know, our buddy Renee, Renee Salza, who had a great tournament as well. And a lot of really standout performances in this men's bracket. But, of course, I interviewed today on Grappling Hour the winner of that one, Alan Sanchez, who is just a badass kid, dude. This kid's all 23 as well. The future is bright, man. And I got to tell you, they've moved to a larger kind of ballroom kind of feel in like a hotel because they were running out of space for people to watch as spectators. It's always packed to the brim. So now they actually have a space where people can go and watch it that they're all surrounded. It was the first time that they introduced alcohol as well, which, by the way, toward the end of the night made it a little more interesting. Amen. But And people know Amanda Levy, Grappler's Quest. Is that how they know her? I'm trying to figure out, like, <clears throat> well, girl that submits ADCC. boys. I mean, you know, just text yeah. that. Yeah. And, I mean, now ADCC, I'm just trying to figure out. I was like. Which thing she's most popular for? I mean, she's always somebody yes. who. But you've definitely seen her videos if you ju- do jujitsu, especially. Yeah. <laughs> and from, that might have shown my age. I was referencing <laughs> Grappler's Quest. Not great. Okay, Boomer, whatever. But the interesting thing that happens is she, she's really good and it just runs in the family. And that's so cool to see. And uh, although I know Evan. Her brother was probably a little disappointed that he didn't win the overall thing. I think he made perhaps the best showing uh, of the night just by surprising. I don't know if he surprised people as much as he just he put himself out there and made people take look. So I I have an immense amount of respect to him for that performance. Um, But I will also say 
Alan Sanchez, go watch his matches. They're something to behold. I love those matches. And uh, that kid, he he just grinds, 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 grinds. But let's also talk about this. And I wanted to bring this up with you specifically because you had the opportunity to talk with Jay Regal Budo, correct? Um, We've talked, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's come on the, the show. Yeah. Which, by the way, if you guys are in the know, uh, Jay is actually doing a um, 24-hour roll-a-thon. And I believe that's on the 27th-ish. Anyway, go look up Jay Regal Budo if you want to know more information. Um, it's either the 27th or 29th. I can't remember off the top of my head. But basically, staying open for 24 hours. I think it's the 29th, actually, now that I think about it. And they're going to be watching Polaris as well because uh, Nick Rodriguez is going to be competing on that card. But all of the proceeds go to a local charity. They always help out with the kids. They give toys to the kids. And... Jay is just a remarkable human being. But, Episode 318, Raph. Correct. Now, Jay, in the past, you may remember Jay Regal Burrito, if you would, is somebody who kind of likes commentating the same way I do. And they only have a number of these jobs. But I got to be honest with you, Kev. Part of me really wanted to do this one, this finishers tournament, to really do commentary with Big Jay. Because although we kind of serve a similar purpose on a broadcast, all I could think about was, well, what if we combine our powers? Like, what happens? Normally, I like to do things like this, and he likes to do things like this. And I believe my, our friend, Alan Sanchez, put it together where he just goes, you know what was really interesting about it? I was like, what's that? He goes, it was like watching the East and West Coast come together for a perfect harmony. Yeah, He's I was like, say, I enjoyed Jay Regal, but I think you two would be just damn fun. I didn't see it, that card. Was immaculate. It was him and I having the best time for six hours. (laughs) It was honestly, and the reason I bring it up is like this because I don't know how game right now. What's he doing? It's strong, dude. It's it's real mad strong. He's also you're not even talking about his (laughs) core. You know, Kevin, you could stand to go see another podcast or two of your own. And, and certainly stand to gain a few more beard inches. <laughs> uh, Jay Regal Budo actually has a million dollar bracelet. It's like the million dollar man's championship belt in the WWF, except it's just around his wrist. So it's a bracelet. And he's like, he goes, I couldn't ever see anybody else wearing this. And then I saw it around my wrist and I was like, I wouldn't wear Ooh, that actually looks good. And he's like, now I'm wearing it all the time. I don't give a fuck. So it's hilarious. But here's what I want to bring up about the Jay thing in specifics. Which is, you know, Jay was telling me about, you know, we talk, we swap commentary stories and he was telling me that, you know, if ever presented with the possibility of just being a coach or just being a um, commentator, he doesn't want to pick. And some places will make you do that. And so he's saying, you know, if they ever present that he can only do one of them, it's more important to him to be a coach. And that just struck a nerve with me so much because he's so good at commentary that I don't understand why you would create the delineation, especially like when Gordon was commentating with me this weekend, he ran down the stairs to go coach his guys. And that's admirable, but I was doing it by myself. If we had had another person rotate in, I would have been just fine with that. So that's what we do at blue corner MMA. Exactly. Uh, Whenever Ethan has to go coach, we'll, uh, we'll sub in a Joe Wilk. A Jason Bircher, Travis Conley, it's great. But the reason why I wanted to bring it up is I know that the personal fulfillment 
is good for Jay and that he feels good about being a good, good coach and that that brings him so much satisfaction. But it comes at a cost of a really, really good commentator. And I mean, he's very smooth in what he does. And it's very, it seems effortless, but he does a lot of good preparation. He knows what he's talking about. And that made me a little bit to the point where I was like, you know, I really don't have to worry about the coaching so much. And I understand the conflict of interest that does come in every once in a while. But I do think it comes at a cost of having one of the best people in our sport uh, doing it. So I would hope in the future that no organizations really limit uh, that sort of a thing because after seeing it firsthand, I can tell you, man, I, I think I would love to see Big J on some more shows. Now, mind you, if you have to choose between me and Big J, pick me. But if I'm not available, pick him. Certainly for the stronger beard. How's that mm. feel? How's it Rude. feel, Raph? Rude. <laughs> he's, actually, he's quick-witted. I mean, personally, I would enjoy that type of thing, especially in a grappling commentary situation. Mm-hmm. That's just me, um, you know, thinking about how long it takes to watch grappling. Not as long as it necessarily takes to watch UFC Fight Night, if you're curious. Yeah. But I am proud of you, sir, for Thank the you. East Coast trip. You ventured out. You've always talked about the Biggie Tupac conflict. You felt conflicted. They felt conflicted. It makes sense that it took you a little bit to get over that type of deep-seated hip-hop conflict. You did. You conquered everything except the calorie challenge. And East Coast might bring you back now. So you're going to have to think about that. suppose we'll have to see. Uh, you know, I'd love to come back and... I'll make it pretty clear to everybody over at BJJ Fanatics. Thank you very much for your support. You guys were amazing. But also, damn, dude, like finishers. What a great, a great set of people that put that together. It feels special when you are there. And I've, I've gone to a number of events. I've commentated a number of events. That does feel special. And I'm glad that I got to uh, witness that vibe because that crowd comes alive, man. Comes alive. That comes alive for jujitsu. We're passionate. It's a passionate community. Let's get to two minutes of the UFC. Okay. I mean, we covered the Logan Paul thing, the Logan Park yes. thing, the Logan Logan oh, Peter, Park. Logan something. <laughs> Let's cover UFC Fight Night that took place on November sixteenth. The okay. next one is coming up on December seventh. So you barely have a second to enjoy Thanksgiving dinner before they will provide you with another UFC, whether you're able to activate your ESPN plus account or not. Were you able to catch any of these fights? No. Cool. Can I hit you with the highlights? Please. These fights did happen. Shakare mm -hmm. Souza lost Mauricio Shogun, Hua, Paul Craig, and all of us lost. Mm -hmm. But they they did, in fact, fight, and they happened. So now you're caught up. Is that everything? It's everything. No grappling, not a ton of fighting. Mauricio Shogun, it's like, would you just have him fight somebody that like would bring nostalgia back? Like, is Leota Machida available? Is somebody also available that's super old that he's fought before? This was a draw. It was good. That's everything, I think. 
they didn't send the B. They didn't send the A team. This was the B team. This was the Bisping working with some other person. Yes, I think I I vaguely saw a, a split second of that. Can I bring up a couple other stories that are way more interesting than any of that? I can't imagine you would fail at that that endeavor, but I'll I'll give you the chance. Thank you. Uh, can I bring up the fact that? 11,000 people illegally watched KSI versus Logan Paul fight KSI, on some guy's glasses. Thank you. Damn it. Some guy's glasses. Yeah. Some dude was streaming it via his sunglasses. <laughs> was basically using the reflection of it. And normally I, I believe don't you really mean condone. some pirate. We don't use the term endearingly enough. No. Johnny Depp doesn't get to own it. Some pirate. Did a brave and, act and let the world plunder on the riches of the moronic scheduling of chaos. And like I said, dude, I just don't feel it's good to encourage that sort of a thing if you have to do it, do you, boo? But just want to say I ain't mad at you, bro. Like I'm I'm good with that. And I will say every time I see KSI, I want to call him Kasai. So, <laughs> like, good marketing it's not for good side. Not to well, side, maybe. That's what we hear. <laughs> uh, Nick Diaz, not Nate, Nick, says that Jorge Masvidal has the BMF title, which is his belt. Um, oof. How do we tell him it's definitely not his belt? He Fair. is quite a bad mofo. But the belt was specifically made three weeks ago, and if he wants one, he needs to fork up $800 on UFC.com backslash shop. Yep. Just going to go double-check the pricing of that see if, see if it's gone down. <laughs> so I don't think it would be difficult at all for Nick Diaz to get a fight with Jorge Masvidal, would it? possibly not. I don't know. I, we still don't know what he's up to considering he's got to wait to figure out what other people are doing. But in the meantime, ufcstore.com. I'm so sorry. It's ufcstore.com. <laughs> did you know that Chuck Liddell insists he would beat Mike Tyson in a street fight because he's got a puncher's chance? I'm sorry. Who would fight who in a street fight? Chuck Liddell would fight Mike Tyson. Cool. Just had to recalibrate back to the 90s and 2000s. <laughs> Just took me a second to get there. I mm. am there. Yep. I do not want to watch that fight, and I'll tell okay. you why. Mike, okay. des- Mike Tyson is- deserves to not get attacked in the street. Second, Chuck Liddell. Man, I don't like your chances in this at all. I just saw a video of Mike Tyson showing some youths how to throw some punches. Guy looks like he's still got it. I'm just, I don't think a boxing match is the place to go. Um, Liddell defends Tyson's street fight comment saying he wouldn't be able to stop the takedown, which surprisingly a reporter was able to decipher because I can almost guarantee you it came out like, God, now I'm going to be thinking about those two fighting. I'm just going to want it to happen a little bit. Well, you're thinking about it like that because your scenario is that Chuck just springs it on an unwilling Mike Tyson who sees him just jump and lunge at him. And he's like, <laughs> what the shit is this? Oh, dog, this is this is unnecessary. You know, like 
That would be surprising. Mm -hmm. Um, We can also sadly report that Carlos Condit will not be able to fight Mickey Gall. He is injured. That hurts. Yes. Probably not as bad as the injury that Carlos Condit is currently suffering from. But sad Uh, face emoji. We're going to round third on a couple of these. Darren Till accepts Robert Whitaker's challenge for UFC London. Sure. Uh, Boxer dies. MMA person dies. Um, Diaz does get Masvidal to confirm they'd love to fight each other. They're just not sure when. So dope. Here's a good one. Though, <laughs> we're on the Masvidal phase. Ken Shamrock invites Jorge Masvidal to Valor bare knuckles. The BNC. Mm-hmm. The BKC. I always forget what it is. He'd love to find out how bad he is. Oh, that's what Shamrock said. Yep. Hmm. I, I think, well, number one, take the fight jorge you're just gonna knock him unconscious real quick but i guess is he offering to fight him or just bring him to that for a different fighter because why would he take less money to come fight with fewer pads i think he's well to be fair jorge did come up with kimbo so i don't know that you can really say that with certainty that he wouldn't just show up unprompted i'm pretty sure that jorge's the type of uh, person who would just show up and go who am I supposed to fight, man? Like, um, I would like this, to. This it was eight hundred and fifty dollars. If you would like mm. to be for it. I'm so sorry. Appreciate it. Fifty dollars. Uh, Ben Askren retires. Yay! Says he needs hip replacement. Boo. Oh, I'm sorry to Ben for about about the hip replacement. The retirement That's sounds terrible. like good timing. Retirement was. It's a good idea. Now, here's what I don't want. Please don't bring him on commentary. I don't really want it. <laughs> We've already got Chelsea on it out there. Contract. I don't know what to tell you, Raph. Uh, They're not going to have a fighter retire and not invite him to do a Wells Fargo oh, segment. Oh, oh God. It's just like, you know, if you put Chelsea in, in a microwave and you left it on for too long, you'd get Ben Askren. So... <laughs> That's what, what the issue is. They love wrestlers. They have Woodley. They really do. Jail. And, uh, yeah, this one's okay. This one is. Uh, Julia Velia was recently featured in a South Park episode. So, oh, cool. huzzah, we're making it happen. Oh, also, Gordon Ryan is going to face a wrestler, Kev. Which one? Uh, well, here's the context behind the whole situation. Gordon Ryan... I don't know if you heard, but at the end of the broadcast the other night, we signed off by saying, you know, what do you have coming up? And Gordon goes through as many different fights that he's got coming up. And at the very end of the broadcast, he goes, and uh, I'll have at December 7th, me and uh, Herbert, that'll be. And I looked at him and I go, because uh, <laughs> like, he had already signaled early in the show that he's like, if he shows up. So what he previewed at the end, he's just like, it was like, no, it's not. I don't know. I don't feel it's going to happen. Well, he dropped out today or yesterday or whatever. Oh, lovely. And they replaced him with one Bo Nickel, 
who is a very, very solid wrestler. And it is under a hybrid set of rules. So the rules are modified third coast grappling rules. 15 minutes, no leg locks, no guard pulling, no tech fall at 11 points. So essentially it's going to be a little bit of wrestling rules versus a little bit of jiu-jitsu rules. Cool. Can you still choke people? Yeah, you could still choke them. And I think that's what Gordon's kind of planning to do. Yeah. That was just just modified. It's like, but you can still choke them? Well, good. Yeah. Gordon's quite good at that. So it's whoever has the most points or submits wins. So there you go. All right. Well, is that all the news? That's all I feel like talking about. That'll do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thank you for listening. Good night and good fight. The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Please note, the new number is...